Today on the Andy Chen Talk Show, we have author of Charlie Chan Hock Chai, three times Eisner winner, Sunny Liu. Sunny is going to share with us his experience as a graphic novelist. He's going to analyze uh, the comic scene in Singapore and he even shares the reason why he decided not to use government funding for his new book. Now, before we begin, a big thank you to Hone Singapore for sponsoring our location. Enjoy. Okay. Hi, Sunny. Hi. Oh, former proper proper. Hi, Andy. I'm Andy. So anyways, it's uh, more like uh, chit-chatting. La. So mm. you don't have to like um, formulate proper answers or anything. But okay. uh, when we begin, I always like ask the guests to introduce yourself in, in the way that you would like to be known okay. as for. Uh, my name is Sunny and I'm a cartoonist basically. La. I've been working in comics for more than 10 years in Singapore. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, where... Can you share like how you, how it all began? Like, how, what was your education like? Mm, uh, mm. What was your family like? You, I okay. know you were born in Malaysia. I was born in Saramban, Malaysia. Born in Saramban. And um, then, yeah, so how, how was your so childhood my, like? So my parents sent me and my sister to Singapore when we were quite young. La. I was five, she was six. Mm-hmm. So we came into two for, for our school. Uh, so from, P, from K5, K1, K2 to JC, I was in Singapore all the way. K2 to JC. JC. Just you and your sister? Who are you living well, with? Well, my, my mom is just Singaporean, so her mm. family was here. So we stayed with uh, my aunts when we were here. And then we would travel back to Malaysia every holiday to see my dad. I see. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, and then your, how was your education like? Very normal. Very normal. So, I, I, you know, I, went, I went all the way to, to university. La. I mean, I took the normal. So you took the normal? The normal. so-called normal route, as in like primary school, secondary school, A-level, JC, yeah, A-levels. Correct. And then university. Yeah. So what throughout this whole path, um, so you were a very academic person. I would say I, I, I did well enough in academics that that seems to be the easiest path to take, la. So I didn't have to wonder about what I was going to do. I just followed that path. But were you? I mean, like academically, were you in like the top schools, or were you always the top mm, of the class, or? I, no, I, I was in VS VJ. That's like, no, no, that's but quite top already. But, like. but, but my, my first two years in secondary school was a struggle because like PSLE, P1 to P6 is quite easy like, for mm. me. It's kind of coast through. Yeah. Then when you hit sec 1, sec 2, suddenly you, you don't study, then you start, your grades start dropping. Like. Yeah. So it was only sec 3 that I started like, working harder. Like. That, that's how I got better grades after that. Right. So you got into yeah. JC. Mm. And then at that point, like JC Uni, right? Mm. So, okay, even before that, like why did you decide to go to JC and not like a diploma? And then what do you choose when uh, you were in uni? I mean, okay, I was interested in drawing from the start. La. So even in secondary school, JC, I would still be sketching How and drawing. How old were you when, you when you first started drawing? I, actually, me and my sister, from the moment we could pick up a crayon, we would... That's so your sister as well? Yeah, yeah, she was actually better at drawing than I was when we were younger. Oh, you really? know, but she kind of lost interest uh, halfway through. La. Okay, so you, but, since young, you were drawing? I, th- I think that's why most kids... Start with, not necessarily. Like, no? Not necessarily. I mean, they scribble a bit, but I, I mean, some kids mm. they lose interest quickly. Exactly, exactly. But some kids they yeah. will continue drawing, and then yeah. even rare will really start to practice their craft. That's so I, I think what happens is that if you're kind of quite good at drawing as a mm. kid, your friends will be kind of excited, right? They ask you to draw a Batman or that, so it becomes sort of uh, encouragement to keep on doing it, mm. and that's how I kind of kept up doing it all throughout my school. Um, yeah, but, but it never became something I'd imagine would be a career until quite late on. Yeah. 
how 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 late on? Uh, after I went to university, I came back to Singapore on holiday. You were studying university overseas. Yeah, in what, the what UK. What did you study and where? Uh, studying philosophy at Cambridge. That's quite an alternative choice already, right? So yeah, like, to do philosophy was quite uh, a bit rare la, for Singaporeans. Most people were doing law, rare. engineering. Because that's because like the putzuanqian. Putzuanqian. <laughs> Don't make money uh, degree, uh, right? Yeah, but then I guess because it's Cambridge, you think that that balances off because the prestige of the For sure, yeah, 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 definitely. So, so parents, your grades were good, la, I mean, because you, you have to, to enter Cambridge, you have mm-hmm. to have a really good grade. So after that, you... Um, so after your degree, you came back to Singapore? No, it was during my degree, second year, I came back for holiday. Then I thought, I want to draw a comic strip. So I just did a comic strip. And then I mailed it into the new paper and Straits Times. And the new paper at the time were looking for local creators. So they actually said, hey, we can do a daily comic for us. Right, so daily, like every day, one strip? Five days a week, like, days a week Monday, okay. Friday. So I actually did that for about a year. You know, and then at, at that age, to, for someone to pay you money, like, it's not much, like $30 per strip, right? But that someone would pay you money to draw your own comics was like, wow, quite amazing. La. So having done that, I was, after the experience, I knew I wanted to do something that was more art-related. Maybe not comics, but at least creative la, at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how, what's the next step? You finish uh, Cambridge and do you stay there? Or? No, I came back here because I was quite lost, la, I would say, because my, my degree and my sort of goals were very different. Mm. Right? So I came back here. Then um, you already knew you wanted to make this a full-time job. I wanted, to make, I wanted to be in the creative industries, but really no clue what to do. Also, you were not sure whether it's going to be drawing or you just wanted to uh, be... I would say comics was my first choice, but because but I, I had so little idea how to go about doing it, that I didn't really have a plan. <laughs> I, was like, come back I here. would imagine. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because there's no industry here, right? Yeah. So you come back here, I, I asked my friend who had been in art school what I, what I should do, and she told me to cold call companies. On, in the, because back then, you still have the yellow pages, right? Yeah. You say, look up companies that do graphic design, and just call them and see whether they got a job or not. Like graphic designing? Uh, right? uh, so I just, yeah. this is my first job back here. Like, I did um, illustrations for educational CD-ROMs. So like drawing, one, not computer, like Photoshop one. Yes, actually, that's where I learned Photoshop. My first time I encountered Photoshop was at this company. They taught right. me on the job how to use Photoshop okay. and, and all that. Interesting. So you were doing, so you were a graphic artist for... CD-ROMs, la, yeah. CD-ROM. For how many mm. years? About a year and a half. And what happened? I wanted, still wanted to do comics, right? So I was very... Singapore, no, no way out of that. Then my sister, who was studying in the US, came back, and she knew, kind of knew, knew, knew about my, my sort of dreams. La. So she brought back a bunch of art school brochures. And said, what, what do you your, your, your sister is also artistically inclined? Or? Uh, not, I mean, like I said, she was a better drawer than I was when we were young, mm. but... Her career choice now. Career has been quite quite different actually. She started out as a banker, like investment banks, Morgan Stanley. Then she quit that and did broadcasting. She was actually a anchor on ESPN and CNBC for a while. Mm, okay. And then sort of now, now she's doing headhunting for financial companies. Oh no, that was before. Now she's now she's running a restaurant in San Francisco. So very varied sort of yeah places. she sounds like quite <laughs> yeah. an adventure yeah yeah right sure. okay so she brought back like um, art, art school. schools mm-hmm. brochures and all so, and, so you went for art school yeah you I went, went to, to US uh, Rhode Island School of Design in Rhode Island okay how many years was that uh, three years plus we, we, I, I, I had a shortened summer program like we squeezed it into like three months and then a three year course in illustration so three years you mm. spent three years there mm. what do you what, 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 what exactly do they What's the syllabus like? Uh, so I, I took a BFA in illustration. Um, 
the first year was a lot of drawing and you know basic drawing skills, painting skills. Mm-hmm. And then year two, year three, you start started to take electives, lo, whatever you wanted to do. Like you can was take comic like. Part there was the one. Elect- there's one class in comics, graphic novel, graphic storytelling. It was called. But it's a minor. It's, a, it's an elective, I would say. It's an elective. Yeah. So you, you do illustration, but you can pick like painting, sculpture, you know, caricature, all the right. different. So classes. it's a really like a traditional art school, right? Like a... um, they try to give you a traditional base, like mm. drawing and, and painting, but then, I mean, RISD had a reputation of being quite. Uh, they, they will let you kind of sort of find your own direction. Like some art schools wow, will nice. kind of push you towards a certain style, a certain... Because uh, that's their forte, right? Like for their yeah, schools. Yeah. So RISD was... I mean, I, I can't compare because I've never been to any art, other art schools, so that's only what I hear. Okay. So my understanding is that they are, they are more open to exploration and RISD. Okay. So after you finished, um, you came back again? Or you started working uh, there? I worked there for a, about a year. What's that again? In Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Uh, okay. But I, worked, I went to Boston after that because it's also the East Coast. Yeah. So I worked in a computer game company for a while. Computer game company uh, doing drawing, drawing. Yeah, basically. For uh, they, they, like they, graphics for they, they they did those role playing games where uh, what do you call the MMORPG uh, yeah. you know, like like. What's that You're not a gamer, so? right? You. No, no. I I, I don't I don't play well certain games like, certain genres that I like. Okay. Right? So I like. Football, yeah, I'm a, I'm a gamer. Football <laughs> football games, uh, RT, games, RTS games. RTS. I'm not so much in the first person MMORPG. Uh, those I don't really play. Yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'll probably know it though. Uh, so the one was called yeah. Astron's Call. Oh yeah, I know that. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. So I worked yeah. there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I had to choose between staying and getting a visa or doing comics freelance and coming back home, right? Because like, I couldn't get a visa doing freelance work. Right, you need and, a perm, perm job. Yeah. So I, for a while I tried to do both, but it was too too much. I cannot cannot tahan like full time work and then full time comics. Right. So I chose to come back here a lot to do my freelance stuff. So when, throughout this whole journey mm. um, to this point, your parents were supportive or worried? Mm. I would say they were supportive but, but worried. Ske- <laughs> skeptical. Yeah. skeptical. They would always ask me about my next project, you know, how much I was making. Uh, yeah, so until, until the last maybe three or four years, they, they sort of see that it's going to be more stable. Yeah. yeah, but how about you? I mean, before this last few years, um, all the way to like you know, uh, you decide you were struggling with the visa full mm, job mm. or to come back as a freelance like comic artist. Were you worried or skeptical or or mm. you were just like full steam ahead and? I I, sh- mm, it's hard. <laughs> you know, I I had a kind of confidence, right? The kind of like blind confidence. Yeah. You know, even when I was doing stuff on new paper, I thought I was doing like the best comics in the world. Obviously, it wasn't uh, but in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna make amazing comics nice but um, I think after coming back here every few years you sort of have had a crisis you like your, your career sort of gets somewhere and then you kind of plateau for a while and then you kind of worry whether you can get to the next step and then whenever that happens you kind of wonder should I stop doing freelance get a full time job or you know part time job teaching uh, so that, that always every few years I will worry about that I'll kind of worry, yeah. worry but <laughs> Um, it's the Singaporean side of you talking. Is it? <laughs> I, I think, think so. I think, I think every artist everywhere in the world would have that kind yeah of. La, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, so when once you come back here as a freelance mm. comic artist, right? How do you set off on this journey? Like, where do you like sell your comics to begin with? How um, do you? I mean, because I don't know mm, about mm. the industry. We can talk about that later as well. But like, yeah, then I'm sure it was even 
was there an industry in Singapore? Not, not locally. I mean, you, you have stuff like Mr. Kiasu that did well for a yeah, while. Yeah. Uh, and also that the guy who did the Condor Heroes. Oh, you're right. Mm, yeah. I so, was one of the readers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So popular the, the, uh, in popular, always have one. So there's some comics that did well, but there was no industry that came per out se. of it, right? Yeah. O- only one or two books did well. Uh. That was like yeah. sort of the niche they found. Um, so my, my market was actually in the US. So all my publishers and work mostly came from the US side. But you were drawing in Singapore. So yeah. it was like a cross country. Uh, so you kind of back early on, you had to FedEx your pages over, and then later on, of course, you use like Dropbox and internet, la, Internet, right. Yeah. right? So that was how you were working. Oh. Uh, yeah, la, from from distance. Uh, so, y- how does it work though? I mean, do they commission you to do a project, or what about your own works? Or you can create stuff and they will publish it. How how's the working relationship? Uh, so. Okay, so there is like commercial stuff where you're hired as an, as an artist. Mm-hmm. The one is if they see that you can draw well and tell a story well, they, they will hire you for certain... You if they like the style mm-hmm. and it suits the story, they can hire you. Like, um, for your own stuff, it's tougher because you have to show them that you can write and draw as well. Right? So for, for a long time, I, I couldn't get... I would say it was harder for me to do my personal work sort of, uh, when I'm writing and drawing. I, I did only really short stories here and there. Um, but was there any platform to publish those work though? In a way, so my, my shorter work would appear in this anthology called Flight in the US. Okay. So it's a collection of short stories by different artists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, you, you can publish anywhere. You can do it online on DeviantArt, on all those websites, mm. you know, on smaller publications. But to make it sustainable or to make, kind of earn money from it is, is more challenging. It sounds very challenging. It is, it is. So even for Charlie Chan, that was sort of my last shot at trying, actually. Oh, really? Because I, I thought, you know, I, I want to do this book. If, if it works, I'm, I'm going to spend like one, end up being three years working on it, right? right. If, it, if it turns out well, then I can have better chances of doing this thing in the future. If it doesn't, then I have to kind of yeah, rethink my options again. Right, yeah. okay. Good, let's talk about <laughs> Charlie Chan. Okay. <laughs> this, is this your first, um, like, full comic it's my first long form graphic novel. Yeah. First long form graphic. that I wrote Andrew uh. So you wrote Andrew. So mm. in, uh, you were saying just now that it's almost like your last ditch effort. In a way, it was like sort of, I call it the moonshot like You kind of try something that's really ambitious and see what happens. Uh. Right. So during this period, um, how did you formulate this idea, or you already always wanted to do this? Uh, I think I think I had the I, the kernel of the idea for it maybe two years before it was announced, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, I couldn't think of anybody who would publish it, right? Because it's, it's about Singapore. So, the so you're U- looking for a local publisher? I, I was looking for anyone who... I was thinking who could publish it, right? So US site, no one I thought would be interested. It's, it's so Singaporean. That's true. And then local, nobody's publishing comics. So I kind of left it aside for a while. Uh, but as it ter- turns out, in 2012, the MDA gave Epigram comics uh, publishing house a big grant to do comics yeah. so they actually approached a few of us to say you know we have this money can you do some comics now? Right. so that's when I thought this would be a perfect time to try this book Right. Yeah. so I mean Charlie Chan is very politically driven would you say that? Uh, yes you know, I mean talking about character or the book itself the book itself uh, political. In the sense that he examines history, he, yes. he has to look at politics. He has to look like. at, it, I mean, it, it is a look at our political history and our yeah. history line in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you, when you, I mean, 
we all know about the, the issue with the grant, mm-hmm. right? So um, when you first formulate this idea and you wanted to do something like that, did it even occur to you that like this is a sensitive topic or you just it was just like what you want? It was just a... Uh, I was aware it was sensitive. So I, I thought <laughs> that by doing it this way, it would be a way that made it less controversial in a way because there were so many layers involved, right? So there's a fake creator, mm. history of Singapore, fake history of fake comics history that it would make the book different. Uh. It wasn't just a normal text, right? So it I, is different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in, in my mind, I was, I was a bit worried that this is partly why I converted to Singapore citizenship, you know. Um, you mean you only converted recently? Like during... 2000, the, well, I was making a book. 2012 or 13, I converted. So before that, you were Malaysian PR and Singa- Singapore PR. Yeah. So you converted into... Mm. And how would that, I think, how would that secure? Uh, so two two things, right? One is that I, I had heard of people getting the PRs not either revoked or not renewed, lah, right? Yes. If once you get in trouble. And two, you know, Lee, Lee Kuan Yew always used to say that the reason why he wouldn't allow foreign journalists to criticize Singapore is that oh yes, 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 you know the whole story. Lah. So I thought, okay, uh, if, if that's the issue, one of the issues, then let me become a Singaporean and show that I really want to have a stick here, yeah. I see. So when you went ahead with it, and then mm. like the grant was revoked. So not, not the NDA grant. The NDA grant, NDA grant was yeah. revoked, was cancelled because they thought it was taking too long to finish. Right. right. They, they so there was two grants. Yeah, two grants involved. So one was the MDA grant, yeah. and mm. the other one was the the NAC grant. NAC was grant. after they pulled the MDA grant, the publisher applied for the NAC grant to, right. to kind of replace the funds, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the and then the NAC put it out. I mean, was it late in the production already? Or? No, the book's already in the, in the bookstores already. So, they had to so the, the grant was used to... Uh, what was the grant? The grant was a publishing grant, so it was really meant for the cost of publishing. Right, yeah. right. So now you don't have that. Yeah. So when that happened, what, did you, were you shocked at like, or we were, expected? We, 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 no, no. Uh, so <laughs> so when, when the MDA cancelled the grant, and yeah. Edmund, the publisher, told me he wanted to apply for an NAC grant, yeah. th- at that point I told him, seems unlikely we can get one uh, because of the content and NEC's mm. sensitivity but mm. he said let's try lah. and then once we got the grant I, I thought we were okay because uh, from our experience we knew that for a book to get a grant they have to go through several layers of uh, approval mm-hmm. so they, they need external and internal people looking at the book right? so I think at least two or three people involved in that process so having got that we thought we were quite safe lah. so I, I was surprised when I heard the news lah. I see. Okay. But they didn't affect. I mean, it, did it affect you drastically or... Um, it was... It was. I mean, at the point it was unknown, right? So we, we didn't know what would happen because most most of the other comics that they have done don't sell more than a thousand copies or so. So mm. the profit margins for publishing are, are quite very, very low. Very low. So, so uh, all things being equal, without the grant, they might have lost money on the book. So that was our worry, lah. Right, I see. But of course, as it turns out, the sort of attention ra- awareness raised from the controversy mm-hmm. helped us uh, sell a, a lot more books than we had. I mean, a mm. big reason is definitely uh, the Eisner Award. Eisner? Eisner Award. Right, so Eisner Award. Yeah. So, was your publisher sent it over? So, was this mm. already overseas then, or was it after the award that um, you began to sell, sell your? work overseas? Um, no, the, 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 the US was quite early on. This, this was released in March 
last year, 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it was after the NEC controversy, but before any of the Iceland stuff. Right. Yeah. Right, I see. Congratulations oh. on the awards, by Thank the way. You. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I am not a... I haven't read comics since I was really young. Mm. I mean, so to me, comic has always been a, like either a fantasy-based genre okay. or, you know, like when I, I, I reached it when I was in teenagers, like, you know, mm. so like I was very happy to uh, heard about your news and then I went to get the book and then I started to see this as um, really a storytelling platform. Like, mm. I've never seen it before. And, but I, I have some questions, you know, like, like Charlie, I initially thought like, it's not fictional, as in like Chang mm. Tai was not fictional. Why? Why do you choose to um, create a fictional? I mean, the, the idea, idea always was that the reader would never be sure at the beginning, like, like if, if he didn't, didn't know anything when he yeah. read it, they wouldn't be sure whether it's real or fake, right? Yeah, that was part of the not say purpose, but part of the what made the book interesting for me to create as well, right? Okay, the idea that you can sort of make someone who doesn't exist create his works and make it convincing that he could really have existed. Very uh, convincing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Very convincing. Uh, so yeah, that, that was part of what, what, what to me made it interesting. Um, you know, so, so to, to me, it was, I, I, I ne- when I first tried to explain this concept to my friends and other creators, you know, they, they couldn't really understand what I was trying to do. Honestly, if I haven't read yeah. it, I wouldn't really be able to, uh, by verbally, I wouldn't really right. be able so to. So a lot of them ask me, what well. do you do, like real, real artists, like real history? Then I'm like, no, that's not what I want to do. So it's, it's all, I couldn't really explain it before I actually did it. Yeah. Right, but you had it all in your head. In my mind, it's very clear, like, but I couldn't quite get people to kind of that's understand. That's artist struggle, <laughs> right? I yeah. see, interesting. I mean, it's very well received in, in, in Singapore. Mm. Um, are you you're working on your <coughs> second book now? I'm doing research on my next uh, graphic novel. Is there uh, anything you can share about it yet? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've been telling people it's about capitalism, right? So it's, it's a very... Is it as local or it's more... Um, not as local, not as local. But I mean, I, I think it, it might touch on some local issues. I mean, I mean, obviously, capitalism is a big issue in Singapore as well. It is, yeah. So, but it's, it's, I don't think it'd be set in Singapore per se, although it, it might kind of visit Singapore at some as point. Well. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's talk about uh, the landscape of uh, a comic artist, the, okay. the comic sphere. In I would just say, let's just do Singapore for now. Okay. Is there a, a industry for comic uh, artists here at all? Um, um, is there a regular amount of production for comics? or uh, In terms of infrastructure and the publishing, established publishing houses, the answer is no. Like okay. Even Epigram, they did five books. You know, every year they might put out one or two, but it's very, it's very sporadic and it depends on if they get a good manuscript, they will publish it. But they're, they're not committed to like every month do a, a book or every year do three books. Right. Um, and the only guy who's doing it quite regularly is a guy called Troy Chin. Right? So he does his own series. I think it's about eight volumes now. Right. And that's all based on his own self-discipline. Right? He just turns it out. You know? He makes enough money to kind of keep doing it. Right. Um, but it's, it's, I don't think he like, makes a, a lot of money from, from this endeavor. La. So it's really um, passion-driven, the industry passion at this point. Passion-driven... I, I would suppose so, yeah. I mean... I think there are maybe only like four or five full-time comic artists in Singapore. In Singapore? Yeah. So, like, um, internationally speaking, mm. it's comic a 
booming industry or declining industry? Depends on what kind of comics you're talking about. Right? So, uh, when most people talk of comics, they think about Marvel, DC, superhero yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Or they think about the newspaper strips, yeah. right? And I think both both those are have declined. You know, like sales of despite all the superhero movies, movies that come out, the actually sales of books have declined, mm-hmm. But at the same time, in the '90s, for example, manga became very big in the US. Right, manga industry exploded yeah. in the US, which is also now declining. But the um, books for kids and girls, like like books that appeal to girls and, and kids, in the they're, they're not in the comic stores, but in the mainstream bookstores, those have been growing. Right, so they're different. That, but they're comics, right? You're talking about yeah, comics. the comics. So they're, they're more like aim at uh, young adults, you know. So like, YA lah. But why is the booming? Yeah, like and, genre, and comics is part of it, lah. Part of it. So it depends right. on what what sector you're looking at. Certain parts are growing, certain parts are declining, some mm. are plateauing. But as a okay, so that's the more mainstream kind mm. of comic. But like for your kind of comic, it's it's a storytelling. The comic is a, is mm, a mm. medium for you to tell stories. Right? That's right. I mean, I would say it's a very it's for adults, right? It's not it's for adults. That's the curious thing. Like, yeah. I, I, people come to me saying that there are kids who are like ten or twelve read it and enjoy it. Right? That's I can see that. Can see I can that, see like. that. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah. um, maybe a lot of subtleties and and, and maybe and they didn't get everything. They like, won't get be able yeah. to get everything. Yeah. So I mean, when you when you drew it and you wrote it, it was meant for people. It too. was meant for at least kids, uh, older teens like older teens. Teens. sixteen and up. In my yeah. mind. So like this this genre of comic, mm. is there? A market for it, you think? I mean, uh, it is a very new. I mean, it, it has been in Singapore, but it's always been quiet. Mm. I mean, comics actually has. It's actually it's most diverse now than it's ever been. I think. Okay. Uh, internationally, even in Singapore, um, I mean, manga has always been very diverse in its content. But mm-hmm. in the US side, actually, for a long time, it was re- very superhero based, you know, and then very narrow. But in the last twenty years. It's it's kind of really blossom a lot uh, in terms of di- diversity, and I I th- I guess this book would fit into that that new yeah. that new area. Interesting. Yeah. So if I am um, if I want to be a comic artist, mm. right? Should I give up? No, <laughs> that's not my question. Because <laughs> what kind of comic you want to create? Yeah. But if, if I want, if I am a comic artist, like I love drawing comics, right? Mm. What what's my first step, or why where do I find opportunities to? Um, what should I learn? What should I, what's important? What, what's, what to learn? Uh, to learn. Yeah. If, if you are, okay, let's say you want to draw for Marvel or DC, yes, you like the commercial part, commercial stuff. Then you have to learn basic drawings, like perspective, anatomy, you know, foreshortening. Does that own? Do you have to go to school for that, or you can be self-taught? Uh, okay, so I would say the the idea of self-taught is a bit tricky, right? Most other people, some artists would say I, I'm self-taught, mm-hmm. and that seems to imply that they kind of live in a cave and teach themselves how to draw. Right? And I don't think that ever really happens. Like. No. Yeah. Uh, so, so people who are self-taught normally have family or friends who are artists or go to school, art school. Right. From them, they learn from them those skills. Like if right. a, if a dad is a comic oh, YouTube, artist. I don't know where they can learn it from. And she is now digital as well. But so, right. so you, you can't exist in a vacuum, like I'm saying. So whether it's online yeah. or school or friends or family, yeah. there has to be somebody... For sure, yeah, yeah. Teach you, yeah, so self-taught yeah. as in like they didn't go to like an official institution for yeah, of course it's possible. It's very possible. It's possible yeah. Okay, so they they've learned. So I mean, but there are so many people that can draw, right? So mm-hmm. what? How do they choose these people? Um, partly it's your art style. 
you have to draw something that fits the, the story that they want to tell. Right? So if, if you draw comics which are very cartoony, then you can't draw like the very serious Batman story, for example. So you have to, you have to find the right story that fits your style. Uh, beyond that is you have to learn storytelling, visual storytelling, because that, that's one part. Even if you can draw very well, but you can't tell a story, then that's a problem. Right? So they look at... I think if you, look, if you send your, your portfolio to an uh, editor, they'll look at six pages of your work and see, can they understand the story without the words? Right? Mm. The flow of it, the camera angle, choices, mm. all those things. It's a bit like storyboarding in animation, the same, same issues involved. Mm-hmm. So if, um, let's say they, they want to do something like this, you know, mm. they want to tell stories mm. From, mm. and not like work for a, mm. a commercial company, then is there, do you need a different skill set for that? Other than like uh, having a vision and having a story to tell. I, I suppose you need to polish your writing as well because you know, sure. comics is visual and text, so if you are strong in one, not the other, then you have to kind of... It's demanding yeah. in both ways, but that's like quite tough, polar opposites. Yeah, because for, for me, before I did this, I only done very short stories. So in order to kind of bridge the gap to make a long story, I spend a lot of time learning about storytelling. So how, go, how do you learn exactly about storytelling? Uh, self, self-taught. self-taught. So <laughs> I, I would buy a lot of books like, on, on script writing, screenwriting, and then I'll go online, look at videos and tutorials, just to get a sense of what the basic storytelling rules are. And From, like, what, authors, script writers? Where, uh, so the first stop is you go to Amazon, so you look at all the reviews of all the books, right? Right. Uh, storytelling. So what, like how to tell a story with comics? No, no, so <laughs> I, I didn't focus on comics per se, because right. I, I kind of knew I could tell a story visually in comics, mm-hmm. but I needed to learn the structure behind storytelling. Mm-hmm. And th- that you can learn, whether it's, it's a comic or a movie or a novel, it has the same basic skeleton, right? So that you can learn... Uh, from books that are not about comics per se. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. about writing per se, right? About writing, yeah. yeah. So, uh, how about like opportunity-wise? You know, like mm. I mean, you you were in the states. That's why mm. you 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 knew people there. You could send your. Mm. So, if I was say I was in Singapore, in Malaysia, you know, and then mm. I just draw, and I, I think I I'm good. You know, what do I do next? What do I? Uh, as long as your work is out there somewhere, you, you can get seen, right? Whether it's, it's about being seen. Yeah, it's about being seen. Like, if you publish your work, whether it's online or in books, then you can show somebody like, my website link or my sample of my comic that I've done. Mm-hmm. But how do you meet these people, though? I mean, online, it's not like a massive uh, ocean of like. It's actually content. not that difficult. In, really? In, okay, like, like in Singapore, for example, uh-huh. uh, Singapore Comic Con, uh, I'm not sure they had this year, but for a few years... Uh, I think they have it this year. Yeah, so yeah, the, the, the talent scout, C.B. Sobolski, will come to Singapore Comic Con. Oh. And he actually had a portfolio review session, so he show his work to, to him. Right. So they are also constantly searching for... Of course, of course. For new talent, especially... Yeah, I, I, used to be that they'd be cheaper here, but actually now they pay a fair wage. Like, everybody gets the same rate. I see. Right? I see. Is it because like they don't have enough talents back there, or they are just trying to look for an alternative voice or a different style? Or... I mean, if they, if they are so much... Yeah. Uh, is mm. it, I mean, okay, I guess my question mm-hmm. is... Are there a lot of people who wants to be comic artists? I would think so, but... Yes, there are a lot of people who want to be comic artists. There are yeah. a lot, right. Yeah. So, I mean, if they don't have a lack of talents there, why would they bother to come here to look for? Because drawing is very personal. Everybody has their own style, mm. right? So you can find someone in Indonesia or Malaysia who has a style that's very different from anywhere in the US. I mean, of course, everybody influences each other at some, to some degree, but mm-hmm. 
uh, like someone like Tan Eng Huat, who was a Malaysian comic artist, like his style is very unique. You can see when you see his work, in, the way he draws the human figure, you know it's him. Right. So for them, as long as they, are, they can find an interesting style, doesn't matter where you come from. Right. Mm. So would you say it's very important to, because there are, there will be some comics who only draw in their style, right? Okay. And and when you only draw in your style. Mm. It means it's very hard to fit into like a commercial. Okay, like Marvel has. Mm. I know they have like different versions of stuff, but there there is like a general look and feel. The Would you say so, that the so-called like, house style? Yeah, house style. style. Okay, yeah. I, I, that's the term. Okay, <laughs> yeah. the house style, right? So if you only draw in your own style, then you cannot fit into the house style. But if you only draw in a house style, then you will not develop your voice. Is that something that it's an issue okay, for people? So or? They're, they're, so depends on kind of artist you are. Some artists they draw one style, they're happy to do it the whole careers, mm. right? Um, and that yes, you're, you're right. You, you will limit where, what kind of stories you can tell, right? So if, if you're always doing very superhero characters, and you can't tell a, uh, you know, love story that has, that is about two people living in a house, you know, somewhere <laughs> in a field. You can't. Can la, but they're just very muscular. Yeah, it, look, it, looks, it looks, <laughs> looks ridiculous la, in a way. Right, okay. and then at the same time, if, if you're doing very cartoony style, then it's, it's very hard for you to draw the Marvel, you know, adventure right. story. Was that? I mean, you have multiple styles. Yeah, in so here, some right? some artists, I think we, we try to vary as, as much as we can, you know, to to fit the storytelling needs. Yeah. One one reason why Charlie was very convincing that it mm. was another person because the style was so distinctively different. Okay. Like some parts, I thought, oh, okay, so it's partly written by you and then mm. partly uh, written by mm. uh, Charlie Chan. And then I, when I realised, then I realised that that means you have to have a mastery of many different styles. Is that common in uh, comic artists or is it something that you put a lot of work into? See, in, in my mind, anyone who can draw can emulate another style. As long as, you, as, long as you, you study somebody else's style, the way they draw the eyes or the hands, then you can, especially if it's right next to you, right, you can reference it, then you can mm. sort of emulate it. Right? it it's, it's more the matter of whether you want to and whether there's a point to doing that. Right? Mm-hmm. So in this case, the, the way the book is told, the way the story is, is conceived, it, it made sense to do all those different styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Would you... What, what would you think is um, important for local, uh, I would say, artists mm. or writers? And I guess now you are definitely a voice for mm. us, for, for these people. What, what do you think is important for them to move forward? What do you think they should develop? What do you think they should be careful? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they look at you as a leader at this point, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> anyone thinks. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I'm sure they do, you know. So would you... I mean, you have experienced it, you know, working overseas, mm-hmm. working with uh, our government body, coming out with work, uh, coming out with commercial work, coming out with your mm-hmm. own independent work. So is there any... Like general advice you would give that so that they won't bang into walls or they should. Oh, you, you know? can't avoid banging into walls, right? You know, <laughs> it's part and parcel. No, no of way you can avoid it. So I, I would only. I mean, in terms of like kind of the industry in Singapore, right, we talk about there's no industry in Singapore. Yeah. Like what needs to change to to improve it? Yeah. Uh, and to me, that requires a lot of different parts coming together, right? The publishers, creators, uh, the media sort of featuring the works, you know, the government supporting works. Um, so it, there's no one thing that can solve the, the, the problems but for the creators themselves what, what you can control is your own work right? so you have to focus on trying to make sure that your work is good 
right? That, that you're trying to achieve a certain standard, improve your drawing and writing all the time. I mean, because that's, that's the only factor you can control. You can't control what the government does. You can't control what the publishers want. You know, so the only thing that you can really focus on is your own craft, la, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually I wanted to ask this earlier, but I forgot. Um, I think it was on the news like two days ago yeah. that you are returning like funding for your next book. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was, uh, why, why do you make this decision? If you don't mind me it's, asking. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I read the article, mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, it says that, um, I guess it's for creative freedom. Yeah. I don't to, know. To I, mean, I, will, I mean, I mean, maybe I, you can explain. I mean, it's ever since the grant withdrawal from the NEC, yeah. I think the, uh, the relationship between myself, artists, and, and them has been something, I mean, constantly evaluating, right? Because, I mean, they, they, what, what they told me was that they cannot support the book, but they can support me as an artist. So they c- c- created this strange division between me and my, my book, mm. right? They say, we, we can't mention the book, but we can talk about you at various events and, and all that. And so I'm, try, try, I'm trying to live with that, that sort of weird um, divide. But it's very, sense. it's all very um, civil, and it's all very, like, adult, like, talking about... To, to a degree, to a degree. That, that's why I was okay for, with for a while, right? I, I thought it was, you know, they have the constraints, I have my constraints, yeah. we can understand each other. But um, I think over the last year or so, you know, I've I, I gotten the sense that, um, you know, that, that as a creator, sometimes you, you kind of become worried about us about upsetting people, right? Like, like, like in, in order to play the game, so-called game, you have to make sure you don't overstep certain boundaries all the time. And, and that makes you second-guess your decisions, whether it's creative or otherwise. And, you know, and I just feel like, it, not, not just for myself, but for publishers, you know, people working at NEC, there, I, I sense a, there's a culture of fear there. Like, like, you're always afraid to do certain things because you, you want to make sure you're in, in the government's good books or whoever has the money to, to kind of fund you. I mean, that happens yeah. in everywhere, right? Even mm. not by a government, even if you're working for a network. Sure, sure. It's like, oh, yeah, I want to do this, but the network will not yeah. approve it. Like, yeah. You know, that, that, that. so how, how do we work with that? Like, we don't, we don't work with that. So, so for me, I, yeah, thought, for I thought it was easy, easier to just not... Like t- be tied down to the NEC's grant because th- that certain, has certain strings attached in mm. terms of uh, creative content. You know, they, they review your work every few months to see whether it fits their their needs. Like you know, Jeremy Tiang novel got grant pulled because of that halfway through. Um, so, for, so for my book, I, I thought the book needed to become to be led by its own needs. Right, whatever the book needed to be, it needed to go there. I, I didn't want to be sort of constrained by those strings hmm. yeah. do you think this space is very important for <clears throat> all artists I mean you, you learn to work within constraints I mean you have, you have no choice but to do that right so but then you, you can maybe maybe in, in the sense that I, I'm lucky enough to be able to choose a little bit what, what the constraints are like I said I don't want to be tied down by NEC constraints but obviously I'm still tied, by, tied down by other constraints like you know, the need to make money, the need to do other things. So they always, they <laughs> need always to survive as a human being. <laughs> always things that kind of restrict you, yeah. but uh, you can try your best to 
simplify things la. So that's that's why I think it's I, a it's a constant struggle la, yeah, right? yeah. Do you have anything you wanna add to? Uh, no, no, just buy the book la, Read the book. Buy the book. <laughs> read the book. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll take a photo with that later. Okay. And uh, before we go. Uh, I always end off with uh, the guest asking a question. So okay. you can ask our audience any questions and they will reply through their comments. Mm. Uh, so you can actually, it's a chance for you to ask anything that you're on your mind. Sometimes you think of something and you think like people mm, mm, think mm. the same way, but sometimes they don't. So it's an avenue for you. To, okay. Yeah. I would ask them uh, whether they are worried about the rise of China. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the politics is changing. Like, it used to be American dominated. Now there's a new yeah. power. Whether two thousand twenty thirty, right? They're estimating that it will be the number one superpower yeah, in the world. So I'm wondering when it, I, I'm kind of concerned because I, I'm so used to this current situation. Right. So I'm wondering whether other people are are they looking forward to it? They think it's exciting. That's my question. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So get this book. Where can we get it from? Where can we get it? You can get it. At Kinokuniya, Amazon, every, everywhere. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, thank you. If you have enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Uh, you can also find me at Andy Chen, A-N-D-I-E-C-H-E-N on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.